Luke chapter number 5, we continue our series today, and uh, notice what I entitled our Sunday school lesson, you just sang it, and so we got an amber alert going off already, all right, and so uh, is that what that is? Amber alert, all right, and so uh, everybody check your phones, put them on silent, because they'll all be going off here in a minute, but um, some things are good things, all right, well listen, this morning we're going to talk about obedience, and how obedience is the very best way to show that you believe. Now, remember, whose life are we studying in Sunday school? Anybody know? Peter, right? We're, we're kind of, this whole series is revolving around the life of Peter, and we can learn a lot of great lessons. Aren't you glad when somebody else makes a mistake instead of you, and you can learn from their mistakes, right? The problem is, is I think I'm the one that makes the mistakes and everybody learns from me. <laughs> but Peter certainly had his share of things that he, he went through. Today we're going to look at one of those times that Peter struggled in his heart just trying to understand and try to, try to trust in, in uh, even things he didn't see. And uh, we know that the Bible says that we are to walk by faith and not by what? Sight. And it's, it's so easy to live that way, especially when it comes to finances and everyday managing of our lives. And so I want you to see this morning these verses here from uh, chapter, Luke chapter 5, verse 1. We'll begin there. The Bible says, It came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them and were fishing or were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now, when he had left, uh, let, left speaking, he said unto Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draught. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. And when they had this done, they, they had closed a great multitude of fishes and their net Break, And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships, so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished, and all that were with him at the draught of the fishes which they had taken. Now, this is a tremendous portion of Scripture here this morning because the Bible really has a lot to say about obeying God. Uh, you don't have to look far to find something. Matter of fact, there's an entire book in the Old Testament of our Bible called the book of Deuteronomy. And the book of Deuteronomy is themed around God blessing our lives for being obedient, but it also deals with the curses that come on our lives for disobedience. Now, I think you understand the principle, right? The law of sowing and reaping. When we obey God, God blesses. When we disobey God, God has to bring judgment or God has to deal with us because of our disobedience, our not doing what he asks us to do. And, and listen, sometimes people say, well, I just can't believe that God would be that way. Well, after all, listen, God created us, right? And God's entitled to our obedience. That's, that is something that is so elemental 
but it is something that so many people struggle with because instead of doing things that the Lord wants, we want to do things our own way. Now, the greatest example in the Bible is who? Jesus. Jesus said, not my will, but thine be done. And he was God in the flesh. And we could certainly learn a lot from our Savior. And as Christians, look, one of the things that we need to be doing on a daily basis is growing in our knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. We need to be growing as Christians. Benjamin Franklin said this, I love this little quote, tell me and I forget, teach me and I may remember, involve me and I learn. Uh, I don't know if you noticed and maybe you got here before they headed off to Sunday school, but we had two, uh, two new greeters this morning standing in the lobby. Uh, the Isidore's children were standing there, and listen, nobody came up to them and said, hey, would you do this? They're both standing there with bulletins in their hand, and I said, to, I said to their son, I said, hey, look, you know how we pay around here? And he looked at me, and I said, in donuts. <laughs> and he went over and got one. But you know, the thing is, is listen, in our, in our lives, we hear a lot of things. Honestly, look, we forget a lot, don't we? And, 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 and just like Franklin said, you know, we teach things to people, and sometimes we remember those things, but involve me. And so what is Jesus trying to help Peter understand this morning? It's the same thing he wants us to understand. That involvement is how we learn. We've got to get involved. That's why I think every Christian should get involved in the work of God. Uh, don't sit on the sidelines. You know, I never was that great at sports, but I can tell you this, I never wanted to sit on the sidelines. As, as poor of a player as I was at some sports, I wanted to get in the game. I wanted to be a part of the work. Look, obedience is essential, and especially in this area of learning. If we're going to learn, we've got to obey. And it's the only way that we're going to be happy in Jesus. Trust and obey, the Bible says, tells us to do in the songwriter wrote. So as Jesus begins to deal with Peter, listen, I want you this morning to not look at this as a passage you've heard before. I want you to put yourself in Peter's situation. I want you to think about your life. Notice, first of all, as Jesus gives what I would call the challenge. He gives the challenge here, and we see it here in the beginning of this passage, how the Bible says that uh, Jesus comes to them, and, and the people begin to press on him, and he's there by the lake of Gennesaret. He saw these ships in verse 2. By the lake, they, they already came in from being out on the, the lake. And the Bible says the fishermen, they were gone out of them. They were like any other fishermen of those days. They didn't use poles and things like we use now. They used nets to fish, and they're trying to wash their nets. If they didn't take care of those nets, the nets would begin to disintegrate, and they would be good for nothing. They'd get holes in them where fish would get out. And so that's what they're doing when Jesus comes to them and the Bible says that he enters into one of those ships. There they are by the by the waterside. Jesus gets into one of those ships and he, he pushed out a little ways from the shoreline so maybe he could get a little bit of distance between himself and all those that were there, all the disciples, all those that would hear him. And and we see here that that Peter is one of those individuals. Now he wasn't the only one, but he had been out on that lake all night. And according to the passage he had caught nothing. That's not a good day on the lake. In other words, it was a fruitless night. And Jesus issues this challenge. Now, Peter, you got to understand, how are you, okay, 
Amber Alert's going off all around the place. So how are you sometimes in your life when maybe, maybe you've expent energy and, and nothing has happened? I know that a lot of times for me, I become frustrated. I become exhausted. You know, we all kind of get interesting whenever we, we are that way. Uh, and this is what we see here is that, that the Lord is in the ship and he uses this boat as a pulpit and he issues this command to Peter. But think about this is that the command of Peter made absolutely no sense. I mean, Jesus said, Peter, I want you to go out there and let down your nets. Peter's like, I've been out there all night. In other words, Peter's like many of us, I know this lake. I know how to catch fish. I know what time, I know all the good fishing holes. I've been with a few fishermen over the years, and they, they pass by a lot of places, and I'm like, uh, aren't there fish around here? And, and they're like, no, no, I got this little honey spot. It's a little honey hole that I go to all the time. And, and, and so Peter receives this challenge. Well, what is the challenge? Notice letter A. The first thing the Lord tells him to do is launch out into the deep. Now, he didn't tell him, hey, look, you could throw your nets right here from the shoreline. He says, I want you to get into your boat. I want you to go back out on the lake. And by the way, I've been on that lake. And he says, I want you to let down your nets into the deep. And it's kind of interesting, this, this challenge that he gives. He, he, Peter points out again that he had caught nothing. But notice what Jeremiah said many years before this. He says, Ah, Lord God, behold, thou hast made the heaven and the earth by thy great power and stretched out arm. And there is nothing too hard for thee. Uh, it, it, here's an illustration. Remember what Jesus, we talked about this last week. Jesus said, follow me and I'll make you what? Fishers of men, right? Remember? And Peter was no longer going to fish for fish. He was going to witness for the Lord. And uh, I've been out knocking doors here in our community and other places that we've been in ministry and, uh, and, and I've, I've been out there. Now, occasionally, we'll run into some people who claim that they are Jehovah's Witnesses. But they're really not Jehovah's Witnesses. I hope you understand what I'm saying this morning. And, uh, and I'll see them, and my first thought is, oh, I, it's not going to be a very fruitful time out knocking doors because these people, propagators of false doctrine have just knocked the street. That's, look here, that's my first thought. And then the Lord said to me, can I not do anything? And reluctantly, like Peter, I'm just being honest with you this morning, I start knocking doors on that very same street. And I've had, on a couple occasions an opportunity to see somebody saved by the grace of God on those very same streets. But it wasn't because of anything I did. It was because the Lord wanted me to knock that street. It's interesting when you see this in Peter's life, it, it parallels so many of us because the Lord was trying to teach Peter, and I think God's trying to teach us a very simple lesson this morning on this matter of obedience. Uh, we may not always understand what the Lord's doing, and a lot of times that's why we don't do certain things is because we want the Lord to lay it all out in front of us so we can see it and then we'll do it. Remember what the priests in the Old Testament did? Did they not have to step out before the waters were parted? 
And many times in our lives, you're going to have to do the very same thing, is you're going to have to step out by faith, trust the Lord. We miss out on a lot of blessings from the Lord. You know why? Because we fail to launch out into the deep. Launch out. You ever, you ever thought about that? I've, I've thought of that in my own life. I wonder how many things I've lost out on that God wanted me to have because I wouldn't obey Him. And so the first part of the challenge is launch out into the deep. But then notice the second part of the challenge is he tells him in verse 4, let down the nets. Is that word singular or plural? Plural. He says, I want you to let down the nets. Now, look, no doubt Peter was a great fisherman. I mean, he, he, that's how he earned his living. That's how he provided for his family. But you have to understand, anything that we can do, God can do it far greater, Right? God could do things way better than any of us can. And his command to Peter is, I want you to go out there, Peter, and I want you to let down your nets. And then he uses this word for a draught. Now, that's not a word we're familiar with. We don't walk around saying, boy, I wish I had a draught of apples or something like that. We just don't use that word. But what is he saying? He says, Peter, look, you need to take nets because you're going to take in a haul. He says there's going to be a great catching, and, and therefore one net's not going to do it. You're going to need more than one net. And so God wants to work in our lives just like he wanted to work in Peter's life. And so he says, look, I want you to go out into the deep, and I want you to let down your nets. And listen, if, that, if that's the God of Peter, let me ask you this this morning. Do you believe that Peter's God is your God? Because the Bible says he's the same yesterday, today, forever, right? If God says, look, I want to I bless your life, Peter, if you obey me, that's what God's saying to you today. I want to bless your life, but you have to obey me. You have to trust me because, look, just like I worked in Peter's life, Jeremiah said in, thir in Jeremiah 33, call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. God was, look, the Lord was ready to perform a miracle in Peter's life but Peter didn't even know it. And it's interesting that, and this is the way we are, is that after all of Peter's objections, you know, Lord, I've been out there. You know, we've tried. We've done everything we could. We tried every little spot on the lake. After all of his objections, guess what he does? He obeys. He finally does obey. That, that word in the passage gets me every time I read it, nevertheless. It's almost like, well, okay, if you say so. That's really kind of the attitude that Peter had. You know? So notice after the challenge, we see the conflict. Look at verse 5 again at what the Bible says here in verse 5. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. Look, the Lord has the right, I said this earlier, He has the right to our obedience. Now look what the Bible says in Romans chapter number 6 and verse 13. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto who? Unto God as those that are alive from the dead. Are you alive today? Listen, I'm not just talking physically. I can tell some of you don't know if you're alive physically. But if you're saved today, you're alive spiritually, are you not? 
That's, that's the reason, Brother Carl, why we're happy this morning. And as we are, as it says here, to yield ourselves unto God, notice what James writes, submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Uh, whatever the Lord asks you to do, just do it. Submit yourselves to the Lord. When it comes to obedience, the problem is not God's commands, it's our slowness to trust Him and obey Him. You know, Peter says, well, okay, Lord, if you say so, then I'll do it. That was kind of his attitude. Our flesh, a lot of times what it does is it, it rebels, it kicks against the pricks, like, like in Saul's life. And, and many times we, we try to follow our own way. We try to do things our own way. So what was Peter doing? Well, the conflict, letter A, was that he was toiling his own way. He was, he was so uh, used to uh, being the fisherman he wanted to be. He wasn't an amateur. He knew everything about fishing. He knew the trade. He knew the waters. He knew his boat. He knew his tackle. The last thing that Peter wanted to do was to go back out there again. After all, they just, they just washed their nets. You know, I've had times I, uh, I, we were doing something here at church and I had out a bunch of material and I was making some things and I just finished and I just cleaned up my mess. You know, I'm really good at making messes. And I just cleaned up my mess. I came inside and I sat down at my desk and my wife said, hey, did you also include this one? And I said, was it on the list? And she said, well, no. And I said, okay. And so I had to get everything out again. All the tools, make a new mess, clean up a new mess. Sometimes that happens in our lives. We get used to doing things. The word toil here is a word that's synonymous with labor. Peter says we've been laboring all night. We've been struggling all night. It implies exhaustion. I was reading this account. I was telling my wife as we were out walking and, and just enjoying some time together last night, I was telling her, I said, I was reading again about the biography of Adoniram Judson, uh, one of our uh, missionary heroes of days gone by. And Adoniram Judson went to Bur Burma with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he went to Burma, and when he went there, he was there for six years before he saw one person saved. Six years. During those six years, with no one being saved, you have to know that there had to have been times in Judson's life where he thought, am I in the right place? Am I doing what the Lord wants me to do? But in his heart, he knew that. During those six years, Adoniram Judson was in prison for his work for the Lord. His wife died. He had other things happen in his life personally during those six years. But after six years, the first soul was one to Christ. Then another one. Then another one. And another one. They said that when Judson passed away, that one out of every 56 Burmese was a Christian when, when Judson passed away. The man that spent six years without one convert 
The government said that when he passed away, there were 210,000 saved Burmese people. Folks, what a great testimony to you and I that, look, sometimes, yes, we have to labor, we have to toil to the point of exhaustion. But we need to make sure that we're doing things for the Lord and not for ourselves. Peter had been so used to doing things his own way. Ed Burke said, never despair, but if you do, work on in despair. Just continue to serve the Lord. Uh, When we do things for the Lord, can I tell you, it is always worth it for the Lord. It's always. Just obey the Lord's commands. You know, I think about many of you that are serving in ministry, and I think about all that you do, but listen, you do it for the Lord. Listen, can I tell you tonight, tonight, don't miss, don't miss the service tonight. A lot of folks have been in churches over their lives where things have not been handled properly. Things have not been dealt with in a biblical way with the right spirit of love, the handling of truth. Tonight's message is all about Christian relationships. Don't miss it. It's about various type of people that are in churches and how each one of us need to know how to deal, how to respond when certain things happen. And this is what Peter was learning in his life. How do I respond to this? How do I deal with this? Look, just trust God and obey. Look at the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 15, Therefore, my my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. You know what that means, folks? That everything you do, God says, my word will not return void. You know, sometimes we teach these little children, Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and you know sometimes you're wondering, are they getting it? Is it really worth it? Can I say to you, yes, it is. Aren't you glad that somebody invested in you years ago? How many of you had the privilege as a child to grow up as a Christian? Any of you this morning? Yeah, not as many of us. Most of us came to know the Lord years after, uh, after we were in our adult life. But listen, it's a wonderful thing to see here that, that Peter and you and I, we need to learn to rely on God's plan, to not trust our own reasoning. Why? Because God's ways are higher than our ways. God has a better plan. You know, Peter, Peter was going to take out, and he did take out, one net. God had a bigger plan, a better plan. So after his objections, Peter finally decided, okay, I'll go out there and launch. Notice the second part of the conflict, because while he's toiling on his own way, you know, trying to trusting in himself, notice letter B, what he needed to be was trusting Christ's word. Because the Bible, look at it again, he says in verse 5 in the last part of that, nevertheless at thy word I will let down the net, and when they had done this, notice They go out there, they let down the nets, and it says when they had done this, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes, and notice, and their what break? Now, some of you said it wrong. Look in your Bible, and their what break? Net. Is that singular or plural? Singular. Look at verse number seven. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came 
and filled both the ships so that they began to what? They began to sink. So here's what we see is Peter sails out there, even though it didn't make any sense at all. He, he, you know, he's trying to figure it all out. And, and look, just like Peter, do you remember the words of the mother of Jesus, Mary? Remember when Jesus went to the marriage in Cana of Galilee and remember they ran out of stuff to drink and they took the six water pots and they filled them with water? Boy, that passage, listen, I hope you've studied that passage because so many people want to go to that passage and say, see, Jesus made wine to drink. You need to study that passage because Jesus did not make an alcoholic beverage. Okay? There's different, there's different meanings to that word. Wine doesn't always mean an intoxicating beverage, especially in the Bible. So the Bible says that they, they filled those water pots. But remember, those servants, they were trying to figure this out because that wasn't the normal way they would do it at a, at a wedding feast. And so look what the Bible says in John 2, 5. His mother said unto the servants, whatsoever he saith unto you, what's those last two words? Do it. Do you know long before Nike, Jesus said do it? Nike borrowed that. I think they ought to pay the Lord some royalties for using that. By the way, does anybody know what the word Nike, it comes from Nike. Does anybody know what the word Nike means? There you go. Bingo. You get the prize this morning. <laughs> it means victory. That's what it means. So listen, Mary said, look, I know you don't understand. This is not what we normally do. We don't normally fill these and, 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 and take care of things because they're thinking to themselves, those servants, they put water in there. They're like, you're going to give water to the rest of the guests for the rest of the wedding feast? Hey, by the way, a lot of those wedding feasts, there must have been Hispanic people a long time ago. Because most of those celebrations would last for a week at a time, you know? See, us white folks, we just have one celebration, a couple hours, we're done, you know? But, but listen, many times we don't understand it. But the Lord said, listen, this is what I want you to do, Peter. Even Mary, Mary understood whatever he says. Mary's like, listen, I know he's my son, but he's God in the flesh. Whatever he says, just do it. And it, look, can you understand how simple and how blessed your life would be if we would just learn that whatever God says to us, just what? Do it. Just do it. Those two words are so simple. Mary's instruction, but our problem is we want to understand it before we'll obey. I'm, look, I'm, Lord, I'm looking on paper. I don't see how this is going to work out. We think a lot of times, hey, I'll be a lot happier if the Lord would explain it to me before I actually uh, go out there on that limb and, and extend myself. But listen, the Lord rarely does that. You know why? Because he wants us to learn to trust him. You know, remember later on his conversation with Peter, Peter, do you love me? You know, he, look, there were many times Jesus had these similar conversations with Peter because Peter was struggling because Peter, like a lot of us, was so full of himself. You know, he, he didn't need the Lord. And I think that's what we do day in and day out is we go it on our own. We think, hey, I've got this all figured out. I've got a good job. I'm making good money. Well, who gives you the health to work that job? Who gives you favor with that boss? See, the Lord's in control of all of it, and Peter was starting to learn. And the reason we know he was starting to learn is because 
you know, even, even as Jesus, remember in, in the Bible when Jesus, after, after they had a time of, of meal, and Jesus pushed away from the table, he took the towel and he girded himself, and he took the basin and, and some water, he began to wash the feet of his disciples. That was even a hard lesson for Peter, wasn't it? Lord, you're not going to wash my feet. I'm, I'm paraphrasing there. But look what Jesus says in John 13, 7, what I do thou knowest not now. Peter didn't get it. He didn't understand what the Lord was saying. And so when Peter did let down the nets, guess what happens? He receives the results from the blessings that come from obeying God. All these fish, the Bible says they began to pull them in. Look, the, the net was overflowing with fish. They called their partners, hey, come over here and help us. And the other boat comes over. They're pulling in the net and, and, and the, it filled both the ships. I'm going to get to that. <laughs> you, you haven't been paying attention, my son, all right? And so here's the thing is, is as we see this, the Bible says that the net was so full. The net was so full that it began to break. Now, you think about Peter's life. Here's a question I thought as I was studying this morning. What would have happened if Peter would have refused to obey the Lord? No fish. Or no blessing, right? See how, how, how the Lord's laying this out in front of him. God can do, according to the Bible, he can do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or even think. That's a great verse for us in the Bible. But here's the, the truth this morning. Listen, God often limits himself. Did you hear that? God limits himself to act in response to our obedience. So guy, did he take nets or net? He took a net. What would have happened if he would have taken nets? Would have been more fish, right? Would have been a greater haul. What would happen if you or I obey the Lord more than we're obeying him now? More blessed. Here's an example. It's not even in my notes. I can let you look at it if, if you don't believe me. But we're getting ready in the month of November to have our missions conference. Every year when it comes to missions giving, for all the years Ms. Keeley and I have been married, we've always given to missions. And every year we always ask the Lord, what would you have us to do this year? missions. Now, can I tell you, we've never taken a step backwards. Now, I'm not talking about our tithe. I'm talking about our missions giving. That's above the tithe. That's why we call it faith promise missions giving. And it could be, look, it might be $5, might be $10. There have been times where my wife and I, we pray separately and then we get together and we talk about it. There have, been, there have been many times where my wife, I'll say to her, what, what kind of figure did the Lord lay on your heart to give this year for missions? And I'll say, this is what the Lord put on my heart. And then she'll say what the Lord put on her heart. Her amount's higher than my amount. You know, and I could do the man thing and I could say, well, my amount's lower. Let's go with mine. But I think, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, I think every time we've done that, 
whatever amount is higher is usually what we go with. And God has always blessed the faith that we, we exercise in Him. Now, some of you, maybe some of you give to missions. It, it may be that the Lord might want you to not just take one net in missions giving. Maybe God wants you to take two nets because maybe God wants to bless you even more. Maybe some of you have never given to missions and God would have you to start doing that. And that's just one example of so many blessings that God has for us. How many of you like blessings? I mean, look, we go, we go to a meal. What are we really looking forward to? There you go. You get the second point today. Did you look at my notes this morning? You know, you ever been with somebody and they start to eat on their dessert before they get their food? And, they, and being a good Christian, they'll say, well, this is in case the Lord comes back before I have my meal. You know, is that what you do, Brother Gilbert? <laughs> so here's the thing is, is that God many times wants to bless us. When Jesus, remember when Jesus and I, we stood there and uh, I hope that, uh, I know Brother Tim and Miss Maylene, when you guys go in the Holy Land? November. November. And so uh, I hope you guys get to go to, uh, you probably will go to a lot of the same places we went to, but we went through the old city of Nazareth, Brother Flynn, when we were there. And uh, honestly, it didn't impress me. It was, there was garbage kind of piled up and, and uh, things. And we, we, we went to the, the Mount of Precipice. And we got up there and we were looking out over the city of, of Nazareth. And you remember, this, they struggle with this because they said, can any good thing come out of Nazareth, right? And even in that day, Nazareth wasn't looked upon as the, the four lodges, the place everybody wanted to go and live, right? And so Jesus, he, he went back into Nazareth, and the Bible says that he wanted to do some great things there, but he couldn't. And the reason that he couldn't was because of the doubt that people had in him, because they didn't believe that he was who he said he was. Look at the Bible says in Matthew 13, 58, he, he did not many mighty works there because of their unbelief. Are, are you seeing this this morning? Remember I told you when I started that this matter of obeying is a topic that's dealt with throughout the entire Bible. The entire Bible. Peter's not the only one that's ever dealt with. Now we're studying his life. He's not the only one that ever struggled with obeying the Lord. But see, the Lord gives a challenge and then guess what happens is he has a conflict, all right, because he's used to doing things his own way. And then we see that he, he, know, he knows that he needs to trust in the, in the Lord's command. Then Lotus uh, number three here this morning, the confession, because Peter began to realize after the Lord's dealing with him, and maybe the Lord's speaking to you this morning, Peter began to realize that he was, he was one that was doubting the Lord, that he wasn't worthy. Anybody besides me ever felt like you're not worthy, you know? Uh, even standing here teaching this morning, I don't feel worthy. I never feel worthy to stand behind that sacred desk. But it's because of the Lord that we have a standing with God. And this is what the Lord's doing in Peter's life. And I, I want you to see that this confession by Peter. Look at verse 8 and 9. The Bible says, then Simon Peter saw it. What is the it that he saw? Yes, yeah, all those fish, right? How that how that they 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 their partners were helping the boats were being filled all the blessings, Peter Peter saw it, and the Bible says he fell down at Jesus' knees. 
When's the last time God blessed your life and you fell down and thanked Him for it? We're living in, honestly, we're living in a very unthankful time in this world's history. People just, remember, remember the ten lepers? How many returned to thank the Lord? One. Ten percent. You know, you go out in public nowadays, somebody gives you something, and I always say, and I taught my kids the same thing, to say thank you. And you say thank you to somebody, and I mean, they, they just look at you like, Brother John, I don't know if you got my text, I went and saw Danny yesterday after our men's breakfast, and this, this man that Brother John uh, has, has a friendship with at the Bagel Palace over here, and the man makes the meat for our men's breakfasts, and I, I took him a book from my office, and I took, uh, I took one of our church uh, cooler cups uh, to give to him, and, and I, I went over there, and it was, they were busy, and I went in, and I said, is Danny here? And one of the ladies went in the back and got him. He came out, and he looked at me. I don't think he, I don't think he knew who I was, but then I, I told him who I was, and he, he's so polite, so nice, and Danny, Danny just lost his father two days ago. His father passed away. Brother John shared that in our men's breakfast on Saturday. And, and, and so I went over there just to tell Danny that, uh, that the men of our church prayed for him this morning. And that we wanted him to know that we're praying for him I wanted to give him some things, and, and I wanted him to, I, I told him, I said, Danny, if there's anything we can do for you, I want you to know that we're here. And he, he, he had a kind of a tear in the corner of his eye. I said, here, I want to give you a few things. It might be a blessing to you. That meant the world to him. See the look on his face, to know that someone cared. Folks, we've, we've got to see this morning that the Lord doesn't want, letter A, our partial obedience partial. The Lord told Peter to put in more than one net. But remember, Peter was doubtful. He was skeptical like many of us. And so what did he let down? Guy, he let down one net. Boy, if he would have put down two, right? Or by the way, nets plural could mean three, could be four. We don't know. Do you remember, Lord put this text on my heart. Remember when Saul, remember the, the children of Israel, they wanted a king and they got one. Saul became the king of the children of Israel. And the Bible says that uh, in 1 Samuel there, and you know it's verse uh, 3 of chapter 15, that God said, go and smite Amalek and utterly do what? Destroy how much? All. He says, spare them not. But slay both men and woman, infant and suckling, ox and sheep, camel and ass. And so look, that was, that was the, the challenge by God to King Saul. So look in chapter 15 and verse 19 there in your notes. Because as they, they move on in this passage, the Bible says, Wherefore then didst thou not obey the voice of the Lord, and didst fly upon the spoil, and did evil in the sight of the Lord? And Saul said unto Samuel, look at these words, Yea... I have obeyed the voice of the Lord and have gone the way which the Lord sent me and have brought Agag, the king of Amalek. Did God tell him to bring Agag? And here he is standing here going, I did everything God wanted me to do. But then notice this, how convicting. Chapter 15, verse 14, Samuel says, What meanest then... This bleeding of the sheep in mine ears and the lowing of the oxen which I hear. 
I mean, Saul, if you'd have done what I said, then right now there'd be silence. But for some reason, I'm hearing some of these animals that I told you to utterly destroy all. Now, again, we don't always understand, but if we obey, God will bless. If Peter completely obeyed, then can you imagine what that drought would have been if he would have used nets? Look, when God takes care of us, God supplies for us, doesn't God give us his best? Look what the Bible says in Romans 8, 23. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. Aren't you glad that God so loved us that he gave his only begotten son? God supplies for us. Psalm 50, verse 10, look at this. Every beast of the forest is mine, the cattle upon a thousand hills. I know all the fowls of the mountains and the wild beasts of the field are mine. If I were hungry, I would have not... Uh, I would not tell thee, for the world is mine and the fullness thereof. In other words, over and over again, has God not proven his faithfulness to us as his children? Has God not blessed us immensely for, for all the things that he has blessed us with? Look, it, why then do we doubt the same thing that in our lives that God can come through for us? That, look, do you believe God wants to bless your life? I do. I do. But look, it will not be Nets' blessing if you partially obey. It'll be net blessing. And so I want you to see that along with this, remember Peter, remember what he said? Well, nevertheless. But listen, aren't you glad that we have a God, letter B, that gives full forgiveness when we have partial obedience? Full forgiveness. Peter realized he fell at his feet. The Bible says, For thus saith the high and lofty one that inhabited eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in the high and holy place with him also. There is that is of a contrite and humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. Look, we need to be just like Peter when we know that we have been wrong, when we haven't trusted the Lord, when we're trusting in our own ways, we need to fall at his knees and humbly repent and ask God for forgiveness. And I love 1 John 1, 8 and 9, that if we say that we have no sin, we're deceiving ourselves. The truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, He is faithful and He is just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from how much unrighteousness? All. See, the Lord says, look, Peter, I forgive you. I understand. I know, you know, but Peter, look, you've got to understand if I'm going to use you. Notice what the Bible says in Luke 14, 11. Whosoever exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be what? Exalted. Now, here's the question this morning. You don't have to raise your hand or answer. Do you see yourself in Peter? You've been there? The Lord's telling you something, you don't understand it? You're a little hesitant? But then you're like, all right. Lord, if you ask me to, I guess I will. We hesitate sometimes. But again, how much more could God have blessed Peter, or how much more can God bless us if we would trust him the way we should? Trust and obey, 
for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Yes, Peter's thinking right now, boy, I wish I'd have taken the nets instead of the net. Let's pray this morning. Lord, thank you for this time teaching from the Word of God. I pray that it's been most edifying, maybe convicting for all of us. Lord, many times we want to trust in what we can do. We can pay our bills. We have a job. We've got life under control. But then, Lord, you come along and challenge us and ask us to go do something that we feel like, hey, we've already done that, but you want to, you're trying to teach us to trust you more. As you did with your disciples, you said to them on numerous occasions, O ye of little faith. Lord, may we have huge faith in you. We trust you beyond our understanding. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, Lord, Lord bless you. And we'll get started here in about 10 minutes.